section forty nine of the united states this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world story volume twelve the united states edited by eva march tappan section forty nine how connecticut saved her charter sixteen eighty seven by w h carpenter and t s arthur charles the second dying in sixteen eighty five his brother the duke of york ascended the english throne as james the second avaricious and fond of power the new king hastened to execute a scheme he seems to have long before concocted the consolidation and complete subjection to royal authority of all the new england colonies massachusetts having been already deprived of her charter and plymouth never possessing one it only remained to wrest away those of connecticut and rhode island charged with certain misdemeanors the former colony was presently served with three successive writs of quo warranto alarm and hesitation for a while pervaded the councils of the commonwealth but it was determined not to surrender the charter knowing that the cause was already prejudged against them the assembly did not deem it worth while to employ counsel endeavouring more to elude than to repel the blow aimed at them they threw themselves upon the king's clemency and desired that if their independence was to be taken away they might be united to massachusetts rather than to new york this move eventually saved the charter inasmuch as james hastily and erroneously construing it into a surrender of the coveted instrument at once stayed proceedings on the quo warranto and they were never afterward urged to a judicial decision acting upon the king's construction of the desire connecticut had expressed andros lately appointed governor of new england in the autumn of sixteen eighty seven attended by seventy soldiers set out from boston and travelled across the country to hartford to assume authority over the colony meeting the assembly which was then in session he demanded the charter after some parley it was produced and laid on the clerk's table a long and earnest debate ensued the brave old governor treat pled feelingly for the liberties of his people showing with what an outlay of labor and treasure and blood they had been purchased and how like parting with life it was to surrender the cherished instrument of their security evening came on while the debate was purposely protracted and an excited throng of resolute farmers and townsmen gathered around the house where the council was assembled it grew dark and lights were brought the charter still lying upon the table the front windows of the council chamber were low and the heat of the weather rendered it necessary to keep them open of a sudden some of the throng outside threw their jackets into the open windows and thus extinguished the lights these were speedily rekindled but the charter had disappeared in the darkness captain wadsworth of hartford stealing noiselessly from the room bore the precious document to the concealment of a hollow oak fronting the house where it was deposited not to be brought to light again until happier times spared from the axe on account of its great size when the forest was first cleared the charter oak long stood as the memento of an anxious period in the history of connecticut thwarted in all his efforts to recover the abstracted charter andros nevertheless assumed the chief authority and appointing treat and fitzjohn winthrop members of his council with his own hand closed the records of the colonial assembly in these words at a general court 
at hartford october thirty first sixteen eighty seven his excellency sir edmund andros captain-general and governor of his majesty's dominions in new england by order from his majesty took into his hands the government of the colony of connecticut it being annexed to massachusetts and other colonies under his excellency's government Fini. but the existence of connecticut as an independent commonwealth was not to be thus terminated yet for nearly two years the colonists mourned for their chartered liberties as if they were forever lost much too they suffered meanwhile from the arbitrary measures of the new governor but still far less than the people of massachusetts who were under his immediate supervision a great deal of the leniency thus shown toward connecticut was undoubtedly due to the influence and affectionate interference of treat and winthrop who as members of andros's council had the principal management of the colony's affairs yet though born with a kind of desponding acquiescence the administration of andros was irksome and odious and ultimately might have aroused a violent outbreak of colonial indignation but events presently transpired in england which brought it to a conclusion as abruptly as it had been unexpected in april sixteen eighty nine immediately on receiving rumours that a bloodless revolution had driven james the second from his throne the people of boston assembled in arms and declared in favour of the new sovereign william prince of orange the obnoxious andros deriving his authority from the deposed james was seized and confined a few weeks afterward the rumours which had induced this action were fully confirmed meanwhile the charter of connecticut had been brought from its hiding-place and treat again chosen governor the assembly convening on the thirteenth of june proclaimed the new sovereign with great joy and ceremony great was that day thus ran their address to the king great was that day when the lord who sitteth upon the floods did divide his and your adversaries like the waters of jordan and did begin to magnify you like joshua by those great actions that were so much for the honour of god and the deliverance of the english dominions from popery and slavery declaring they had been surprised by andros into an involuntary submission to an arbitrary power they announced that they had presumed by the consent of a major part of the freemen to resume the government according to the rules of their charter for this they entreated his majesty's most gracious pardon and besides expressed a hope that their former liberties would be confirmed this address the king received favourably with regard to the validity of the connecticut charter the opinions of several english lawyers were asked replies came that the charter not being surrendered under the common seal nor that surrender duly recorded had never been invalidated in any of its powers and was still good in law this being the case william had no opportunity to renew it a circumstance for which the connecticut people could not have been otherwise than thankful when they saw the charter of massachusetts restored with many of its important democratic features obliterated or modified end of section forty nine this recording is in the public domain